promise, he said solemnly. Whose promise is it? I went on boldly. Who offers his hand? You won, mademoiselle. He bowed, and I took the hand and let him heave me up. The stable boy. The horses will speak for me. He let go almost clumsily, sweetly, stroking a mare in the stall beyond, which whinnied in answer. There, he said. You see? The clatter of hooves sounded on the gravel outside, and we both rallied, he to greet the rider, and I to grope, blushing in the hay for my clogs and hemp sack. In the kitchen, the maid from the night before, whose name was Maria, informed me that it would be my domain only temporarily. Cook had hired me, but in the end the chateau had more need in the bedchambers and laundry. "'Tomorrow an upstairs woman named Guillemette will see to you,' said Maria." who seemed less sullen in daylight. But today we're all needed here. The entire staff of Kerfol, it appeared, had been summoned to stage a feast for a Norman noble and his son. The horseman that morning had been the noble's servant, arrived to announce his master. The riding party would reach Kerfol by evening, he said, so the baron had set off at once to the hunt and sent his servants scurrying to shore and market for fish and produce. Cook oversaw the excavation of dusty jars of vinegar, mustard, cinnamon, cloves, saffron, and ginger. She fetched, from who knew where, olive oil and pomegranates, oranges, lemons, figs, and plums. By noontide, pots were full and spits were turning, and I was henceforth tormented by smells. I quick grew fond of the kitchen, and disappointment that I would be exiled from it, assigned elsewhere, must have shone on my face." Everything did in those days. Maria beat a round of dough, her bright eyes crinkling like an old woman's, though she couldn't have had more than three years over my sixteen, and said, We're married today, it's true, but we're always so before the public. And? Never mind now. She brushed flour off her hands. Here, take over the bread-making. I've too much else to do. She showed me how to tend the great hearth, and slipped spongy loaves into the brick wells with a long-handled shovel. She drew out a golden loaf and flicked it with a fingernail, as if I'd never before baked bread. Hear that? Nice and crisp. Stack them in that oak cupboard, and whatever you do, don't let the fire go out, or we'll have to send the farmer's wife for coals. No time for that today. Soon I'd exceeded my order of twenty loaves, swept up the floor, and resorted to thumbing through copies of a new book of cookery, and the accomplished lady's delight in preserving, physic, beautifying, and cookery, though I learned their titles only a good deal later. The book's black type swam in my brain like minnows when the tide turns, but the pictures pleased me almost as much as the smells that day. My nose became a hound's, heroic in its efforts to identify and classify. Whenever someone with a friendly face went by with a pot or platter, my eyes begged, What's in there? One pock-faced runt even took pity, barking like a harassed innkeeper when he passed. Shoulder of mutton with oysters. Or, venison pasty with cherries and creme. Once the family and guests were served and the plates cleared, more and more sweet things passed and plagued me in my idleness, countess cakes and egg pie, apple cream and orange pudding. How could all this be, I thought stubbornly, and not be mine? How, indeed. You are thin enough, Maria said, as if reading my mind, striding past with gingerbread and a pitcher of clotted cream. But you'll get thinner.
You're not so thin, I teased, when she returned from the main dining room empty-handed. I take a lion's share of pride in the fact that I keep a woman's figure, she boasted, on the scraps I'm fed. She thrust out her not insubstantial chest, just as Ewan entered with a cider cask on his shoulder. Once he'd passed, stony-faced, we covered our mouths, stooping, and laughed uproariously into our palms. I'm glad you've come, Maria said then, smoothing her apron, and for the first time since my parents had sold me into service, I was glad too. I let my mind wander out after Ewan and his copper-colored hair. I'd never seen such hair before, only heard about it in Grand Mare's stories. Not ten minutes later, Maria's slap stung my knuckles. Worse yet, it made me drop the macaroon I'd filched from a passing tray. The treat lay steaming an instant in the kitchen hay before Hen rushed out to peck at it. My mouth was...